It's right. funny. That's a funny song. He says the word jugs too. Yeah. <laughs> Who says jugs? A fucking 12 year old? Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So uh, let's go. Scare me to death. Completely. This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we take a different artist, different band, and uh, we take one of their albums, we break it down, we get we find out all the little secrets about the records, and then we let you let you all know about it. Uh, my name is Tyler, way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there in the ether. It's Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much to us. Please go do that. You can also find us on social media at Asinine Radio. We have a Discord server. If you want to get on there, hang out with us and other people that, that are into the pod, do that. We also have a phone number that you can call, leave a voicemail, text us. That phone number is 503-893-5307. The intros are done now, Jeff. So what are we doing today? Uh, heavy petting zoo by No Effects. was formed in 1983 in Los Angeles, California by Mike Burkett, also known as Fat Mike, on vocals and bass, Eric Melvin on guitar, Eric Sandin, also known as Smelly on drums. They currently have 14, 14 full-length records, 17 EPs, 5 splits, 3 live albums, and 6 comps. But that one we're doing today is called Heavy Petting Zoo. It's the band's 6th record, and it was released January 31st, 1996. 
It features the classic lineup of the band, of the band with Fat Mike on vocals bass, Eric Melvin on guitar, Aaron Abeda, also known as El Jefe, on guitar and trumpet, and Smelly on drums. Now, Jeff, what is your origin story with No Effects and kind of your first impressions of this record? Uh, have you pet into? What do you got? Go. My first, uh, my origin story is from camp, but I didn't, I didn't listen to them. I wasn't interested in that at that time. And, mm-hmm. and that was, that was around the time, um, like 97. And so it wasn't, uh, I don't know. It, it, this was, when this come out? 90 fucking 114. <laughs> yeah. 90, 114. 96, right? This came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so not yeah, 96. I, I have vague memories of the song, whatever DD wants, just the intro part. Mm-hmm. It's always stuck with me for some reason, but, uh, punk and Jublik was, was stuff that I've heard while I camp, but put that in the back or in the bank. I didn't, I didn't care about it then. Fast forward till, um, Punkorama 2000 and mm-hmm. like you, Bath of Least Resistance, that's like, fuck it. Hey, that song is so goddamn good. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so dumb how good that song is. So that's like my true intro to no effects because when I heard that song, that's when I thought, I need to investigate further. I need to figure out who this band is, what's going on. And that's why I think Pop of the Volume is so so close to me because that was the same time that kind of came out. And so that like the like Pump of the Volume was like the first time no, the first no effects album that I really heard front to back. And then after that, then I went back and did punk and Drublick and stuff like that. But I didn't do heavy petting zoo until decades later. Probably like really? Shit. Yeah, decades. It was it was the last one. And it's because again, it's in between punk and drublick and Pump of the Valium and Yeah. I don't know, it was just lost. It was lost on me. And plus I was so into Wolves at the time. That came out also. And so I just I never went back. I always moved forward. Much like in life, I always move forward. I never look back. <laughs> okay. <I'm just> <laughs> <one of> the- <laughs> Man, could you be any more full of shit? I don't even know. <laughs> I know, like one of those fucking bullshit motivational speakers. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it was, dude, honestly, it probably wasn't even until I can't even remember it, but it had to have been around the time when we were in like our mid twenties to like late twenties where I went back to listen to Heavy Petting Zoo. And okay. even then I don't remember it that well. It wasn't until we did we did Two Heaves and a Bean that I went back to Heavy Petting Zoo and was like, Okay, this is pretty damn good. I like this actually. So uh yeah, that's that's my origin story with no effects and heavy petting zoo. All right, there you go. So my my origin story goes along with my first impression, kind of, because uh, the first time I well the first time I ever heard of No Effects was Bath of Least Resistance off of Punkarama. So what two thousand right? Yeah, that, that was that was when it came out, so, and that and that's a fucking B side, you know. That's not even on not not even an album track, but damn dude, that that song's a fucking banger. So that that was my introduction to the band, and it was very late because it was on that Punkarama later than, than your your introduction but i i i was obsessed with that song and then i was family vacation with with my immediate family and like my aunt and uncle my cousins and my cousin is a few years older a couple years older than me but he's the one who introduced me to, to a bunch of fucking rad music over the years 
and uh, and no effects was one of them and he had a burned copy of heavy petting zoo and we had we we were on a family vacation in hawaii and it was the day we got there we had just got off the plane and we were just my cousin and i were just hanging out he's like oh yeah listen to this band they're really cool so i took the cd and it was no effects heavy petting zoo burned copy i put it on and i was just i was instantly hooked by it like i i never ever heard anything like this record and I knew of no effects because of Bath of Least, Least Resistance, but that song compared to this record sound nothing alike. It's like night and day. And um, and I was just hooked. Like I just, so many weird instruments and sounds that I'd never heard and never really thought would sound good together. And But for whatever reason, they did on this record. And I was hooked. I was hooked ever since. And man, I I've, I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to this record just over and over and over, over the years. And then, as time went on, obviously I, I, I discovered pump up the volume because of bath of least resistance. And then kind of, I've pretty much been following their career ever since, you know, wolves and wolf wolves clothing. And I mean, war and errors and before that, and then so on and so forth. But then, you know, I went back and dabbled in punk and Drublick and the second no effects record I ever got was, um, so long and thanks for all the shoes. So I kind of got into this band in a very weird way. Cause most people get into it with punk and Drublick. or pump up the volume those are like the two introduction records for no effects but yeah i don't know it was my cousin because he gave me the cd and this is was this is my introduction and my first impression of it love it love heavy petting zoo and i even talked to my i I hung out with my cousin on what's today monday i talked i hung out with him a few days few days ago and we were just talking about music and everything and like that and and no effects was brought up and he's like oh man i love heavy petting zoo like he just randomly brought it up and I told him that's so weird. You said that because that's literally what I'm doing on the podcast. We're doing heavy petting zoo. So we like talked a bunch about the record and everything. It was, it was a really weird coincidence that he happened to bring it, bring up this particular record hanging out just a couple of days ago. The same so. cousin that you, that turned you on to heavy petting zoo. Yeah. Yeah. And the same, same. cousin that you were already talking about no effects with. Yeah. And it's weird that he brought up heavy petting zoo. Well, it's just, I mean, it just, it, it was, it's a weird coincidence that he brought it up like two days before we were going to do it on the pod. Is it, were you hanging out with him two days before we, we, we did the pod? Yeah. Oh, okay. Do I have so to repeat the, the, everything like, the, It's not like a big coincidence, it's like a small coincidence, it, 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 is, right? it is like a weird coincidence because like, why, of all the bands to talk about, we, he brings up, he brought it up, I didn't bring it up. He brought up No Effects and he brought up this record and how much he loved it. And then I told him, oh yeah, we're doing it on the podcast. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I'm going to listen to that for sure. Yeah, it was, it was it was a fun little coincidence, I thought. Sure, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> so that that's that's my initial thought. So, do you have any stinkers on this one? Even though you no. hate this record, no, no, no? St- <laughs> no stinkers. I'm surprised. I don't, surprised. I don't, I don't hate this record, but no, no stinkers. Okay, so then, um, do you have a, how many bangers do you have on this one? Like three, eight, eight bangers. That many? Look at you go. Yeah, one of them barely made it, but eight bangers. <laughs> Okay, I got well. I have no stinkers. Uh, I have eleven bangers, so that's cool. Oh, what is not your banger? The the last two songs, August eighth. Oh, okay. World. Wow, awesome. those are also not my bangers. <laughs> there you go. I will say though, I will just like if we're gonna get these over real quick. August eighth. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Degenerate from Dude Ranch, <laughs> like that. Does it? That hum dum that little like court. That, oh, that I know. Strumming what you're pattern. About. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's all I can think of when I heard that song. 
Wow, that's a weird reference, but I guess it makes sense. Made me giggle. But I and mean, also, on, I'm, a, I'm a big Grateful Dead fan now, and I don't appreciate that song whatsoever. Yeah, it's about you know celebrating Jerry Garcia's death, and uh, but then he got the date wrong. I guess it was like August seventh yeah. or August 9th or something. No, it was, uh, yeah, it was August 9th. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it makes so, sense. It, it makes sense that that you know punkers and hippies never really mesh well, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, there's always a clash there. Which I actually like looked up a lot and, and just like read a lot about like the punker and hippie clash this week because I was genuinely curious and made a lot of sense. So I understand now. What do you mean? In what way? Punkers never liked hippies. Like they hate hippies. Well, I know I know that I know that, they, but what's like I've like never understood the underlying reason. It's I mean like so when I explain it, it's gonna make sense. So like punkers coming from like the working class, right? The you know the sixties and the seventies, working class people okay. that are not middle class. Like the hippies were middle class folk who would decide one day, you know what, man, school's not for me. I'm going to have, I'm going to drop out, but even dropping out, you have the luxury to drop out. You can't, you can't just drop out. And like, what are you going to do for food? You got to fucking eat. You got to drink. You got to buy drugs. These are middle class people that dropped out of school that didn't want to do anything, but could still survive. Mm-hmm. Punkers based from like the working class didn't have the luxury of dropping out of school because you know if you drop out of school you better go to fucking work. Yeah. And so true. if you're not working then you starve to death, that like you die. You don't you don't you don't have that kind of luxury. And then just the overall mindset between the punkers and the hippies which they both underlying mindset is kind of the same thing. They both hate the man. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's the inaction is what pissed off the punkers the most. Where, you know, like the iconic putting a a, a flower in the rifle of a barrel or the right the, the barrel of a rifle, putting a flower mm-hmm. in there is kind of like the the hippie mindset. Like let's just use our words. Like that shit doesn't work. Punkers are the opposite. They take action by taking action, by doing things, boots to the ground, riots. A lot of the race riots in the sixties and seventies, a lot of the, the protests, a lot of the 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 union riots those things mm-hmm. were done not done but they, you know a lot of punkers had had their hand involved in those and that i think that's why they hate the hippies so much is because the hippies took the complete opposite approach where just they they did nothing yeah, complete that inaction that and then you sense. think and then you think like decades later after the hippies died not like literally but after the hippie generation kind of died off Mm-hmm. What did they do to progress society, to progress music? And it's not much, but no. punk. Like, what did punk do to progress society? And progress punk music? evolved a lot, and it's a lot. Yeah, punk did a lot for society. But I think, I think, I think punkers needed the hippies to kind of ground them a little bit to stop being so angry, <laughs> because as we know, skinheads went from being working class people into being fascist neo Nazis. Yeah. And that sucks. Like, like the skinheads were, you know, they're now adopted into being what we know as like Nazis, and that's that's not what they started as at all. True, like the complete opposite. And so, I, I think the punkers needed the hippies to kind of ground them in reality a little bit. But yeah, that's that's why they hate each other, and it makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I, I've just never really thought about. I never really thought about looking into it, but I never eh. did either until until this song, and and, and he kept saying the like, hippies are crying and. And I was like, I wonder if this is because I kind of like I didn't know exactly when Jerry Garcia died, but it was around this time. I was like, I wonder if this is about like that. No way. 
And it fucking was. Sure I was like, shit, are you kidding yeah. me? You wrote a fucking song about the death of Jerry Gray? Are you kidding? And then I was like, you're an asshole. That's just fucking, that's just close-minded <laughs> and stupid. That's just fucking dumb. And that yeah, he, irritated he, me. He criticizes Jerry Garcia, celebrates his death, but then worships Darby Crash from the Germans. Dude, yeah, get like out Darby, of here. Darby Crash is like one of the fucking worst. Like, Darby Crash is almost is almost as bad as Sid Vicious. You know, fuck. I I don't I don't get the germs. I really don't get the germs. I definitely don't get Darby Crash. I I don't know, but fucking Fat Mike that's, like idolizes that guy. That's why I don't. Oh, that's that's why this band fucking irritates me so much. Is because even on the backstage pass part, right? They and and they did this whole world tour so they could play shows. And get that feeling of like being in a punk band again from like yeah. the early eighties when they first started like playing punk shows in the fucking middle of the woods and shit. That's yeah. why they did that tour was so they could get that feeling again. But it's not the early eighties. They're not yeah. that young anymore. <laughs> like why can't you why just can't why can't you accept growing old? True. And the whole time I'm thinking like I mean, it's been a while since I watched it, but the whole time I'm I, I remember like Fat Mike's daughter at the time. She never wanted anything to do with him. She was like, "Oh, I don't want to kiss daddy bye. I don't want to talk to daddy." Like, oh yeah, when she was like a like a toddler, right? Yeah, she was like two. Yeah. And kids are dumb at that age anyway. Who cares? I don't know. But <laughs> I just thought, like, bro, you're not fucking twenty anymore. Yeah. Like, grow up. Why can't you grow up? Why is it such an unpunk concept to fucking grow up and pay your goddamn bills? I don't get it. And there's he still lived in a nice house at the time. I know. Y'all right? live in decent yeah. houses. So I don't I don't understand why they no effects try so hard post punk and drublick because heavy petting zoo is a total clapback to punk and drublick as them trying to trying to save face to the punk community because punk and drublick blew up not not initially but it gained traction later on and blew up to be an iconic thing and they got all these letters from big labels and so heavy petting mm-hmm. zoo is like this clapback to punk and drublick saying oh look we're we're still punk look at us. <laughs> But I it wasn't even like traditional punk. It was still, they they experimented a lot on this record. Yeah, because they didn't they didn't want to be traditional punk because they did traditional punk in their first album. It fucking sucked. I feel like if, if we're gonna if we're gonna relate this record to to anything they had done prior, this is closer to to white trash than anything else they've ever done. Because it, it does have the the quirkiness, the weirdness, the the experimentation with the different instruments, like white trash does that. Drublick didn't didn't really do or or anything like that, so. No, I I agree, and and white trash was kind of like a weird thing, and I think none of them knew what really to expect, and but I think white trash, they were just feeling each other out, and it just so happened to be fucking really good, yeah. Like that doesn't happen often where you have an established band, and they hadn't just released three albums; they were a band like a decade before that. They were yeah. playing shows, playing gigs, EPs. They were putting out music like almost a decade before that. And so when you add another member to your band and, it, and you make an album that's really fucking good, like that's, that's it's special. Cool. That's unique. That does not happen like that. But then I, I think about it too. Like think of their perspective too. They probably thought that they were, they were probably told they were such sellouts too for making a more commercial, for making a more commercial record. And they probably fucking hated it too. Of course they did because they were stuck in the middle ground of uh, being respected in the punk community and making money. God mm-hmm. forbid you make a fucking living being yeah. in a band. Like who cares? 
And I think that's sure. what Heavy Petting Zoo is, is coming in hot as. Heavy Petting Zoo is coming in hot on the coattails of Punk and Drub. Like, look at the cover art. Like, my God. Yeah, I know. First Dude, of all, this album has nothing to do with animals. There is no <laughs> bestiality whatsoever on this. The cover art, its sole purpose is to shock. Yes, that to is be offensive. it. Both covers, because there's two different covers. Oh God, dude! And it's it is literally <laughs> like the the most. I, I it's hard for dude. I have a high tolerance for fucking <laughs> things like this, but this is even hard for me to look at. No. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think if I I think if I bought this on vinyl, I don't think I I, I would put this up next to my record as I, as I as I listen to it. You know, you post a record. I I don't up. I don't you can't because I I I, I I I do have this record on vinyl. And so, so there's two different, two different cover, two different covers for this record. The CD cover is a man sitting down on the on the ground on a farm, and he has a sheep in his lap, and he's just like jacking it off. It's fucking he's reaching gross. around. It's a re- it's it's a good old good old fashioned reach around on a yeah. on a sheep. Um, but then you think that's bad. Then you get the vinyl cover, and he's literally sixty nine in a sheep. Like it's just I w- I was embarrassed when I bought the record. When when I went to the store, because I, I bought this at a store, I didn't buy this off Amazon. I bought it at a store, and I was embarrassed, but I really wanted it. And this is this is the first No FX record I ever bought on vinyl, and uh, yeah, I was embarrassed. I honestly was. I didn't think I would be as embarrassed as I was. And and the name of the record on vinyl is different. It's not called Heavy Petting Zoo. It's called Eating Lamb. And yeah, it's it's wild. And then even the back cover on the vinyl version is I'm pretty sure it's different from the CD version because it has a guy with like literally like a bunch of lamb like ribs and he's just like chowing down on on lamb it's it's fucking weird (laughs) it's such a fucking weird record it really is it's hard to look at and i mean if we're just gonna kill the the cover art right now let's let's get that out of the way but yeah the cover art the fact that like there's so much detail put into his (laughs) pants being down and the pants being all the way at the end and it's not like like his so face, dude. He's like he's so deep in, into the lamb. It's, it's I don't know very what I'm talking explicit. About. It's fucking it's so very awkward. Explicit. It's so bizarre. Yeah, and and then it was so bad in in '96 that the 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 German government actually um, banned the sale of the record because the cover was so so yeah, so obscene. Them. Yeah, so <laughs> you you could not buy it in Germany back in the '90s. Um, and then Fat Mike did say that. Just like jokingly, he said, "Yeah, I think it sold well in Denmark." So, I guess that's like always been a running joke that porn in Denmark is fucking terrible. Yeah, there you go. So it was banned in Germany. The cover art was, but I mean, that's 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 this album. This album again. I I really feel like this is coming off the coattails of Punk and Drublik, and how big Punk and Drublik got in the years following, and this is no effects kind of trying to tell the world that we're still punk yeah and yeah. what better way to do it than make the most disgusting cover art you could possibly think of with an album full of songs that are still punk but you can tell they want to be something better than just you know like a liberal animation like they want to oh, be yeah, something definitely. better they don't want they don't like that sound they don't want to be that because that's boring punk music yeah and so this, I, I totally this, agree with you on that Punk and Drublik was then like putting it out, didn't do well at first. It got better with time, and I, I think No Effects got a little a little conceited, and then ran with it. Mm-hmm. 
and I, and everything because there's there's very little written about this record like in interviews or really anything like nobody really talks about this record it's truly a forgotten no effects record and uh and the the one of the few things that mike has said about this one is that after they like right after they recorded it he thought that like this is like the coolest thing they had ever done this is just an awesome record and then he said like a month later he's like nah i take back everything i said like it's kind of weird so he quickly changed his views on the recording of this record and I can kind of understand that because it is so different, but dude, there's some really good moments on this record and just kind of what they decided. I feel like what they decided to do tone wise with the guitars, the guitars are really heavy and very metal sounding compared to everything else they've ever put out. And yeah, but then there are also some really soft moments too. You know, it's, it's a really dynamic sounding record weird it, there's nothing like it in their discography yeah there i mean I, I agree i think this is this is their most if there was like a lost album this is their most lost yeah absolutely. because because of what it's sandwiched in between it's sandwiched in between punk and drublick and then what would become the pop punk no effects <laughs> yeah so true it's 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 there but it's and like is, it, it's not even a transition record like no because like, it makes no sense it's yeah, fucking like, weird it's it's you melancholy can hear, it's heavy it's weird i know because you can hear the transition from like from snm to ribbed to white trash like you can hear that transition really well but fuck man there's nothing here there's it's just it's such a black sheep i mean Eh. i guess yeah yeah it's kind of the black sheep of their their discography it's bizarre I, i don't know why they made this record it, it I honestly, no see, they won't admit it, but I swear, I I would bet, I would bet money, they made this as an attempt to save face from the people that said they sold out for Punk and Drublick. It could have been. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I would not they, be surprised. They got a lot of flag for it. Yeah, they did. And, and most, and and, and even a lot of fans don't even know this fucking thing thing exists, like we've already been saying. So, which I don't know how that's even fucking possible with that cover art. But. <laughs> It's so bad. Oh, but I love it. I love this record, man. I'll, 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 you know, put up with the embarrassment of buying it at a record store. Whatever. But I will not, I, I mean, I, I don't display this record. Like when I'm listening to it, like I normally display it, like you were saying. Yeah, I do. I don't, I, I kind of put it, lay it flat so I don't have to look at it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's weird. Just, it's, it's hard to look weird. at. It is yeah. weird. Like it's uncomfortable. Super Tramps. Super Tramp's like second or third album is just a topless girl on the front. Yeah. And that's that's a little a little risque, you know. We got neighbor <laughs> kids coming over and stuff and if I'm listening <laughs> to music, can't really display that, but like just nudity is one thing. Yeah. And that's fine. It's something we can tolerate, something we can I don't know, have a have an objective eye on, but this Yeah, bestiality in a painted form. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like fucking <laughs> painted. So like, yeah. he took so much time doing this. <laughs> like, honestly, honestly, but then, I, but then it it makes it it makes it a little bit easier to look at because it is painted. Because if it, if it was an actual photograph, like that would just be on another level, like disgusting. Like it's disgusting right now, but that was if, if it was a photograph, it would just be way worse. I just I uh, can't even and like the guy's butt is just it's 
It's just such a perfect butt looking too. Like when you draw a butt, like drawing butts are hard. I draw butts a lot, just just jokes and stuff. And on whiteboards, I always draw a butt. Drawing a butt is hard. It's not easy. I'm telling you. God, why do you draw I, so many butts? I draw a lot because they're hard. <laughs> Trust. Next time you're in a situation where you can, we have a, a pen and paper in front of you. Try and draw a butt. Oh my God, it's not we, easy. But isn't it easier just to draw like a wiener, like a dick? Oh yeah, for sure. But I, I can't draw a wiener in front of like other kids and stuff. But butts well, are true, fun. Yeah. But you can draw butts in front of kids. Yeah, like poops and farts and stuff. You can draw butts. Butts are fun. Butts are like the, the middle ground. Everybody likes butts. They're funny. <laughs> No one, no one cannot look at a butt picture and not laugh. Not giggle. That's true. You know, it, it's like Fact. you you can't not laugh at a fart when you hear a fart. <laughs> like yeah. you're gonna laugh, right? Like you're <laughs> like, exactly. Like, there's no fart sound, but you're laughing just at the bottom of it. Fucking stupid. It's, it's <laughs> universal. It's funny. Like no matter what, you're gonna laugh. I'm sure, like but. those tribes that have like no human contact, you know, like throw spears at fucking airplanes. <laughs> I'm sure those tribes might laugh at farts too. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything why would you know. say that this has gone off the rails okay so so let's um let's move away from the artwork uh let's get yeah. into your your bb your biggest banger so what do you got is uh is filthy phil philanthropist your is that BB? really no is that your oh BB? no it's not my my BB. oh yeah it that was you already talked about it but i no, mean should we my, get into that then or? okay that's my that's my 5b Okay, that's my 2B. Filthy okay. Phil Philanthropist is my 2B. Yeah. Since we played it, I guess, yeah, might as well talk about it. Filthy Phil Philanthropist. So what do you think about this one? I I, I like it. I think it's fucking great. I, I I think it's cool that no effects can still, this late in the game, and even though it's early in like their career because they've been around for so long, this is, mm-hmm. they, you know, this is their fucking sixth album, and they're still doing like the ska punk stuff. Yeah. I love it, and I'm a sucker for that shit. And this is still the 90s, so... It's still acceptable, and that's fine. And the fact that they throw a xylophone in there. It's so cool. I love it. And he goes, blah. Like, <laughs> you, you add a xylophone to make it sound like a little nicer, a little classier. You calm things down. Then you add your blah to it. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Like, well, <laughs> it's so stupid. It does not mix. Mm-hmm. But it does mix. But it does, yeah. It, it works it so mix. well in the the... The griminess of this record, because this record is very grimy as well. Like it's very gross sounding, I guess. Yeah, I, it's I, not I, clean. I, overall, I think this album is very. It, it's it's heavy, but it's not like a punk and drublick kind of heavy. It's heavy in the sense that it's like dirty, like you said, it's grimy. There's a lot of things that they do on here. There's there's some stuff on here that I think are like metal sounding, that are grunge sounding. They do yeah. a lot of different sounds that I just don't. I don't understand like why they they thought this would be like a good clap back to Plunk and Plunk and Drub, like outside of the cover art, but I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, this 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 is this is my my five B. I actually said I like how grindy Mike's bass sounds in his in his solo parts. Yeah. Whatever like distortion he was using, it was it was just enough to make it sound like it was distorted. But it was uh, it was just a little bit more after that to make it sound like it was just grating. It was irritating. <laughs> but they were songs around it. I will say too on on this record and this song especially, Mike has this is the only time in I feel in their entire career where Mike sounds this lazy and this melancholy at the same time. Because everything else, like he kind of he kind of has like this bad religion kind of vocal delivery, 
that he doesn't really have on this record. It's more of just kind of like, I'm um, just kind of going with the flow, just kind of, it's almost like, it's just very lazy. Yeah, and, it's that fucking talk singing shit that he does a yeah. lot. But he does it to like the the extreme on this record, but it also sounds very sad, and it doesn't sound like, I don't know, it doesn't sound like he's trying to like, prove a point like it's not try- like he's trying to because like on some records and some songs he sounds like he's trying to be preachy but not on this record it's it's this we- it's just this weird combination of his his delivery that i don't know i, I think is really interesting and, and this song especially so but you know going along also with what you said the um when he goes the bleh 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 and then <laughs> it's just the, it's like the really happy you know upstrokes of the ska part it's just that kind of that that opposite thing going on it's it's so it's so dumb, but it fucking works for the for this song at least, and the xylophone too. It's 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 interesting because I mean you know this was put out by Epitaph, and mm. this was like almost the exact same time as Bad Religion released uh, the Gray Race, right? Mm-hmm. The the cover with all their fucking faces on it and everything, and that's was such that like an icon. Four right? This was the sa- this was they were released like a was month it the same apart. Year? Oh yeah. yeah, okay, okay. I'm thinking Less than a right month thing. apart. Like it was fucking one after the other. And so to think that they didn't have like an influence on each other is is just silly. And the Grey Race, I mean, I'm not a big bad religion fan, but I mean that's that's a wildly successful bad religion album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bad religion overall and that album are very somber. Like the you know, mm. they take their shit really seriously. Like I think they spill milk and they cry about it. That's like bad religion's <laughs> fucking mantra. And yeah, that's kind no, of what right. like this album is about. This, this album is very, it's not like deep. It's, you know, we're not digging deep here in the, in the psyche of, of the human mind, but it is a little melancholy. And it yeah. Is a the the delivery of it, the delivery, yeah. of it. you know, and it's they've like never, they've never done anything like this ever after this. Mm hmm. It's like, like they, their later albums. It's like they listened to Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy, and then Infinite Sadness, and then oh. in this record. Maybe because they it was so terrible and boring. Dude, it's shut like, up! You know you like that record. Yeah, it's long, but death. you know you like it. That's why you bought that box set. I did not buy that box set. You added it to your Discogs. I I don't know why or how that happened. It did. I did not buy that box set. You you know you bought it. You added it to your Discogs, and then once you once you realized that I saw that, you got embarrassed, so you deleted it. But you still kept the box set, and you're hiding four hours of my life. I will never get back. But you know it was a good four hours. (laughs) You know we had a good time listening to that box set. Yeah, the first forty minutes was. Fine. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm I'll probably I'm probably gonna listen to that that album this week. But no, too. Anyway, no, stop. Filthy Phil. Uh, what do you got lyrically on this one? Uh, I thought this was about greed and gluttony, fighting the power. You know, normal punk stuff. Yeah, that's how I feel. And like he's he, it's about his distaste toward the toward the rich and elite, and how he's happy just being poor and not fucking over other people. Just kind of almost like looking out for himself, and that's about it. But it's kind of what I got on this one. It's always interesting to me when like people that could be working are proud of being poor, and you think like, it's like what 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 do you do? Like oh, I work a little bit. Well, you with the money, I pay rent, and the rest I spend on drugs. Like, well, okay, well, you're still not contributing anything. You're still a nobody in in a sense. Yeah, 
but that's everything the punkers hate about the hippies. The hippies spent all their money on drugs. And that's what True. the punkers did. That's, what, that's yeah. like literally what fucking no effects did for so many years. Yeah, it's just that one one is a little bit more aggressive than the other. That's really what it is. Yeah, sometimes, verbally. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. So, but, yeah, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I got on Filthy Phil. So 5B. Sorry. My 2B. So then what do you got for your 1B? Uh, freedom. Freedom like shopping, shopping cart. cart. Like a shopping cart. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's my that's my 6B. So. That's how you say it, right? Freedom like a shopping like cart. Like a like a shopping like a glove. This had a uh, <laughs> this had a nice gradual build up. I, I I a little more melancholy again type of song. It's mm-hmm. bouncy, but not quite as like happy sounding as some of the stuff we've heard before. Yeah. It's it's got that that tinge of of bad religion, a bit tinge of sadness to him. And I I dude I fucking absolutely love the chorus, whatever chorus type part. How mm. everything drops in to be so melodic, and this is like they had some melodic stuff on Punk and Drublick. like and like when he like when he says like kick back, yes. no tense. Oh, dude, I love that part too. It's, it's just so it, good. It kind of comes out of nowhere. It kind of yeah. comes out of nowhere. You don't think it's coming. Like usually with these with these punk bands, you can see where they're going. They, these fucking guys are a dime a dozen. <laughs> and no effects after this were a dime a dozen. They did the same shit over and over. But sometimes, like, with punk bands, you can see where they're going with this. I, you, you can't see that. Like, you don't expect that. Mm-hmm. It drops in out of nowhere. And there's some Chicka Chickas in there, too. Don't forget. Yeah. Oh, know. I know that. that, that, mm-hmm. that it's, it, but they're not even, like, the normal Chicka Chickas. They're, like, they're, they're, they're just... A little heavier. A little bit heavier, but they're also, like, they're not that... Deca, deca, deca. It's more like... I, I can't even do it. It's... <laughs> Oh, you were so close. I thought you were going to do it. Do it. I know. I was trying to, but then I can't do it. Like, I, you just have to listen to the song. Yeah, yeah, listen to it. Okay. Gotta yeah. listen to it. But what, what, what I think is cool, like, with those those choruses, like you were saying, they're not really choruses because the lyrics change every time, yeah. but they start the same when he says kick back. So, like, that's how he starts out that whole melody is by saying kick back, and then he goes into, like, different words. So, like, the first one he says kick back, no tense. You got a, you got a bag of grub. And then the next one he says kick back cheap thrills you'll do anything and then he just i mean he just add, he just changes the lyrics but it's the same melody and i think my that's favorite really one's cool. the next one we just kick back free meals that was my favorite one wait which one what is it was oh last, the last okay one, yeah, yeah, yeah free meals yeah. Oh, dude, i love it it is good it's, it's a it's a killer song and you know it's just it starts out pretty heavy the dun 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 dun, dun. it's just like the the like almost like this tribal drums and then, so you have the like the chugging going along, and then you have that cool like lead guitar part that's almost very offspring like, I guess you could say. And I will say this too, like the choruses that we were just talking about, they remind me a lot of Alkaline Trio. I mean, this this predates Alkaline Trio by like a year or two, but it reminds me of a lot of a lot of like how Skiba kind of writes his melodies in the choruses or the hook or his hooks or whatever. I can see it for sure, especially on this album. Yeah, because I Definitely. mean, Alkaline Trio makes a, a career out of out of being pop punk, but a little bit sad. Yeah, and, and, and that's what this record is for sure. Yeah, that's what this is. That that's kind of how is, I feel about is this. Musically, a, but is 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 this a B for you? Yeah, it's a six B. It's my six B. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I I think this is a this is a great song, and you know the the first like to the first like six songs are pretty m- different from one another. They they all have their own unique 
very unique different sounds and styles and parts and that that's kind of what i think gives this record it's it's a identity as well as just how different so many of these songs sounds. Cause it's not just like punk song after punk song, punk after punk song. And you get like one instrumental, like interlude and then back to the punk stuff. So I, it's, I agree. it's all over the place. I agree. I, I, I also will say that this album's first half is much better than the second half. Oh, totally. And totally. out of the first six songs, five of those are bangers for me. Out of the first six. Yeah. Okay. Only one of them is not a banger. Which one is it? It's the first song, Hobophobic. Oh, okay, now, really? It's just, it's not bad. It's just, it's too short to get any, it's too short to get into anything good. Okay, no, I understand that. But it's I also, yeah, it's, I feel like Hobophobic is like, a, it's, to me, I always viewed it as like a, a perfect way to just throw it back to what they, what they did at the beginning. So this is like, this is like almost like telling a story in a way of just like, Here's like a straight up punk song under a minute. Like I think it's like 57 seconds or something like that. And it's just like a straight up punk song. And then let's do something fucking super weird. I almost said like the Monty Python. completely different. Yeah, I know. I I didn't, I almost said that. And then I thought, oh, that's really stupid and cheesy. We said it multiple times. But I didn't say it, but you did. They've done it multiple times. Well, they did it as a joke, but. Yeah, but then they like started another album with the same thing that they did the previous album as a joke. Yeah, so they're true. in on their own joke. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But um, yeah, freedom like a shopping cart. Should we play a little bit of it, or or what do you think? It's whatever you want to do, kid. And then get into the lyrics. I don't know. This, this is your pod. I mean, this is do honestly it. whatever you want to do. do it. Okay, so here we go. Freedom like a shopping cart from the No Effectses.
There you go. Freedom like a shopping cart. From No Effects. <laughs> There's some really cool guitar parts here, man. Laka. Oh, man. It, on this entire record, there's some like really fast, like almost thrash style, tiny mm. guitar parts. I'm telling you, uh, there's there's uh, there's a, there's bangers later on that are deeper than like just punk music. On later on in the record, uh, yeah, or later like, on in my bangers at least. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, what do you got lyrically on this one? Uh, I th- I think it's like sort of trying to say the only people who aren't slaves to the system or are free completely are homeless people. Mm-hmm. Sort of like glamorizing the homeless life in a weird way. Yeah, I cardboard condominiums next to the beach and stuff. And yeah, I I, I get that. I I kind of viewed it more as he's kind of telling the story of a drug drug addict's life. You know, just the day to day life of this person and kind of what they're going through and you know, how they live and not, I mean, I guess it, it is kind of glorifying it, glorifying it because of everything else he talks about on the record. But that that's how I view this particular song lyrically. It's, this is one of the songs where I thought, I really did think like he's trying to say that, oh, the only people that are free are homeless people. And you're like, well, why aren't you homeless then? Like, why do you still draw a paycheck and and tour and and try and make money and stuff? And I don't know, a little disjointed. And but that goes in like the whole no effects thing of of speaking, doing one thing, like speaking one thing and then doing another thing. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, like, like they're like the Sam Adams of punk bands. Like they're fucking just one step away from being (laughs) corporate. They're so fucking close. I know. That's that's a really good. Comparison right there, or analogy, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, Sam Adams, yeah, it was craft beer, but like they're the ones who spend the money to make it, so they change the definition of what craft beer is. And yeah, that's similar, <laughs> no effects. Very, very similar. So, freedom like a shopping cart. That's your that's your one B. One B. So my one B is release the hostages. Release the hostages. Yeah, this one. Uh, the first time I heard this one, I was. I was blown away. I'd never really heard at this point in my life. I'd never really heard anything this fast. And, um, yeah, it's a short song, no chorus. Uh, it's just, it's a punch in the face, man. Like I said, I never heard anything like it at the time. And it's just kind of stuck with me. This is, this is a, this is a top five, no effects because of the nostalgia, honestly, but release the hostages. Great song. And then, the very end has always just kind of made me laugh when I think it's Melvin. He just yells "fuck," and Ugh. then you hear like all this shit crash in the background because I always it just, thought it was it never smelly, stops. like tripping over like a symbol or something. I could have been, yeah. I mean, but like right before, the, like like them lazy yaz that they're doing, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then just the fuck, <laughs> yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Tom DeLonge, but it is. This is uh, they stole from Tom DeLonge. It's true, and what I like too is that you know it's it's the heavy like bass intro, and then it, he literally yells "stop!" Everything stops. Stop. Have a beer. <laughs> it, it's so um, <laughs> so stupid. It's very dumb. <laughs> it's very bad religion. And I don't know, man. I I just I think at this point I think what I noticed during the listen through of of No Effects this week was that how how much they 
how much they were inspired by Bad Religion uh, vocally because Bad Religion have very fast music, but Greg Gaffin has a very slow way of delivering his vocals. And that's how kind of Fat Mike, has, I feel like he's kind of done throughout the years is yeah, he kind of takes huh? on, he takes on that kind of like slow, let, let me take my time delivering the vocals when Lazy. everything else is going crazy. Yeah. Except in this sense, it was like a like a like an extra lazy on this record. I think when like Greg does it, it's because he's like putting emphasis on what he's saying. When Fat Mike does it, I think it's just a deliberate attempt to be lazy and obnoxious. Yeah, that sounds about right, honestly. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my number one. Okay. Uh, there's not much to it, but might as well play a bit of it, right? Sure. Pretty fucking short. So yeah. here's uh here's release the hostages from No Effects. There you go. Release the hostages from No Effects. Man, the what's so really great about this particular record is how um, how clean those palm mutes are from the guitarist from Hefe and Melvin. Like they're just so crisp. I don't know if I don't know if you kind of agree with that, but man, it's fucking solid, especially in that bridge and release the hostages. I think it's stuff. I I think it's weird because. They do palm mutes like palm mutes a lot. Like they they fucking love that shit. They love just putting palm mutes in the background, which is an easy four chord riff, and having Fat Mike lazily fucking sing over it. No big deal. But what makes this one different is how heavy they are. It's not like the how much distortion is it. It's like the amount of fuzz, how heavy it is. But they're still able to to be clean about it. Yeah, and it's. I know it's weird because punkers aren't 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 grunge kids. They're not metal kids. They're they're punkers, and so there's a fine line because there are songs on here that I I mean as a joke and not everything else, but there are songs on here that are like grunge sounding, metal sounding, 
And so to kind of bridge all of these things together, but probably using the same fucking pedal for all of them, I think it's fun. I think it's cool. Yeah. I dig. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a solid song. I mean, I mean lyrically, I don't think it's it's just about being drunk and depressed. Outside of yeah. that, there's not there's not a lot there, right? I mean, no, it's like literally exactly what I got. Just using alcohol <laughs> as a coping mechanism for something. Yeah, and musically, I mean, do you have anything else about on this one musically? Uh, actually, overall, like on this album, this one also, I like the amount of just jamming. Like, there's not a lot of words on a lot yeah, of these songs. True. I mean, they're already short songs anyway, but just like the amount of jamming. And not not that it's crazy or anything, or there's like weird pacing changes. Just let it go. Let the music go. Let it breathe. Let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I, I I like that. But um, this is my seven B. Not gonna lie. <laughs> That's fine. You know. I mean, what was it? Shopping cart was my six B. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. There's still bangers. So. Still bangers, baby. I'm not. I'm not upset about it. Pizza's but, pizza, right? Well, there's. I've had one. I've had a couple of bad pizzas in my lifetime. Remember Wedding Crashes when he was like, "It's like pizza, maybe it's all good." <laughs> oh. You like crab cakes? I love crab cakes. What is your uh, what's your two B? Oh wait, your two B was Filthy Phil, right? No, that's, that was no. your two B. Oh, that was my yeah. That okay. So then, what's your two B? Oh, I asked you first, but then you asked me. My two B is Bleeding Heart yeah. Disease. <laughs> All right, <laughs> bleeding heart. Yeah, that's yeah. my four B. That's, that's my four B. You completely dismiss what I asked you and just ask me something else. This is your pod. Yeah, bleeding heart. No, you said two B, right? I asked Did you, you not what your two B was. You completely dismissed my question and then re-asked the same exact question to me. Yeah, because expecting an answer because you feel you have some kind of authority over me because this is your podcast. No, that's fine. My two B is bleeding because heart you disease. A, you I love asked, this song. No, it's you great. asked me what my two B was, knowing full well that my two B was filthy Phil. I didn't know. I forgot. Well, that's your, that's your, that's not, I mean, that's your fault. I didn't forget. I didn't know. Yeah. So you know forget. what you were doing. I'm like you elephant. I never forget. Well, debatable. Like a huffalump. I never, never forget. You also forgot, you know, that we talked about white trash earlier this week, but that's fine. Did we? Um, yeah, there we go. Forgetting again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like <laughs> David. That's right. <laughs> like fucking And it's, and it's funny because when he sent me that picture, I, I was like, no, that was the, that was the time when I told him. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> wait. And then I thought about it, yeah. You told him after I told you, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so Bleeding Heart is your 2B, and that's bleeding my 4B. Bleeding Heart, Disease, dude, damn good intro. And, like, this this is one of those songs that does, that is predictable. It leads mm-hmm. itself so well to the do-do-do part. Yeah, oh, dude, the do-do-do's. It's so fucking good. perfect. It is fucking perfect. And it's kind of like the first time we've heard them really do kind of like this weird like doo-wop do-do-do thing you know like yeah. they'll do it later on a lot but this is like they didn't do it on punk and they didn't do it on on heaves this is like the first <laughs> time we've really heard it it's no perfect. you're right it's well cute. they really i don't think they've ever done it on any song right they 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 do like, like non wop thing non-word choruses okay but they, but this is like the first time they've done it, and it's I don't know, it's cool. <laughs> and like at the very end, like like the 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 pursuit of million dollar happiness part. Yeah, yeah. Like layering that, layering that on top of the do do do's already. Mm-hmm. Like fucking a dude, what an easy melody to jump into, and then you just add another part of that, 
Dude, it's just, oh my god, it's so fucking perfect. I know this is this, this is, is a beyond this is a beyond banger. The only thing that 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 kind of turns me off a little bit to the song is is the is the beginning part of it because it's just the it's just it's very very slow and <laughs> the the vocals are a little bit obnoxious but once it speeds up it's just it fucking dominates it's so good it's irritating right in the beginning it's, it is irritating yeah it it's is so it cool. is a little I love bit it. i, I it's usually a don't like irritating but i maybe because i know where it's going i i put up with it i like it but i but it's I like that, that like it's it. once that first like fast guitar riff starts it's just it's so fast like how how can somebody play that fucking fast it's weird there, there's a lot of moments on this record like that for me but but i, I agree with you the doo doo doos it's it's crazy it's so good it's so it's fucking so good. catchy i know yeah come on come on i know so should we play a little bit of it and then get into the lyrics and stuff a little bit yeah i mean it's a really clever song too like like lyrically no no i agree i totally agree so uh so let's play let's uh, here's a little bit of a bleeding heart disease from no effects here we go There you go, bleeding heart disease from no effects. It's just—it is really good, and it's not just the vocals. It's how they they harmonize with just that guitar riff so well. It's so cheesy and it's so dumb. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I, I, it's so two B, baby. It's my two B. It's so simple. That's that's also very annoying. Is how simple most of their songs are. And, Mm-hmm. So still so fucking catchy, but that also bleeds into like the fact that they've written 
10 songs over and over and over and over. Like most bands, right? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Uh, no, Bob Dylan only wrote like four songs over and over, but. <laughs> okay, yeah, a little bit less, a little bit less. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, honestly, I that, that beginning part when he, when they're just that obnoxious part, I guess you could say, is uh, I, I never knew what he was saying until this week. Never thought about looking at the lyrics until <laughs> this week, obviously. And even now, I just, they don't even seem right. No, you still just, sing like, it the way you've, you've always been singing it, probably. Which aren't even words. You know, yeah. I have always sung it. So Sure. Oh, man. It's a solid song. So what do you got lyrically on this one? I think this is probably like the most clever well-crafted song on the album lyrically mm-hmm. i mean like using like the do re mi stuff i think that's that's cool that's fun that shows like another facet of no effects that isn't just straight snotty punkers who want to be obnoxious they got a little class to them right they've 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 seen a couple films in their day <laughs> so that's that's cool but what's even cooler and i discovered this on on a thread was later on in like, I didn't even like really verses, but like, I guess the second verse after the do do, the first do do do's is he says, like, hey, how, how did the chain get started? More is what everyone wants. But the way he says things is you can read it as like how money corrupted me. And that's, that's what he says. How is the first line, the next line is mo, but more is what he's really saying. And the knee, way. how money, but oh. yeah, he's the way he said the the, the pacing of his that. speech is saying that how money corrupted me, and then it makes sense because it leads into like the final line, right? The final line is how money polluted my mind. Yeah, and I thought that was fucking mind blowing to me. That was like I never, the coolest I never, thing they've yeah. ever written. I did, I've never picked up on that. I've listened to this song a thousand times. I've never have either until some fucking guy on, I don't know what website it was on said it. (laughs) It wasn't Reddit. It was some random other fucking website. Yeah. Like if you, if you, if you look at it, just read it like line by line and just take the first two or three letters from each line. It's how money corrupted me, but the rupted is obviously ruptured. How money corrupted me. Wow. That's so bizarre. Yeah. I never. Fucking cool. Oh, that's so annoying. Dude, these are the secrets we get into, baby boy. Like your little spiel at the beginning of the episode when you say, oh, we get into the secrets. Everyone laughs. <laughs> Everyone laughs because <laughs> they, they really don't believe you. But now they are all they all feel dumb right now on their fucking couches and <laughs> drinking their Shastas or whatever the fuck they drink. Yes, They all Shastas. feel dumb now. <laughs> they all feel dumb now because <laughs> we just got into a secret. A secret level. I... Mm-hmm. My gosh! So that's a banger. That's a good song. It is. It, it it's an absolute <laughs> banger. Like what? What I? I mean, lyrically, what I have on this one, it's uh, it's just like a criticism, also like the pursuit of happiness and how that that was never real. It was always like a fabricated thing, and just to make people buy more things, like consumerism and the propaganda that behind all of that. And in the end, we just exploit poor countries for our benefit. This is very kind of like almost like Rage Against the Machine, but done in a very, uh, very almost like silly way because it's no effects. A non-sellout way? Yes, a non-sellout way. I mean, just that that phrase itself, the pursuit of happiness. I mean, talk about like a, 
the most subjective phrase like ever invented. Yeah, True. this is the fucking pursuit of happiness. What does that mean? I don't fucking know. We can we can control them with it though. That's cool though. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that was your two B. That's my two B, baby. Bleeding heart. What's your two B? We already know what my two B was. Uh, uh, so what was your three B? Or should I go with my three B? Um, I mean, you asked me first. So what's the what's the matter with kids today? Really? Yeah. That's a heavy song. Uh, this this song. Um, the I didn't like it at first. I was like, oh, this song's fucking done. This this is their grungy song. This is their grunge song. I I I thought this ah, this song's stupid. This is dumb. But then like I listened to it again and then again and learned the lyrics. I was like, you know what? This is kind of funny. I dig. So hear me out with this one. Okay. I yeah, I do think this is their grunge song. This kind of reminds me of of Tourette's or even just anything heavier from like In Utero. Like it's mm-hmm. cool. And like like lyrically in a literal sense he's just being an ign- ign- wow in ignoramus <laughs> he in the literal sense he's just being an ignorant douche against like mm-hmm. kids that want to be better but like in a more metaphorical sense i think he's he's scared of the generation of kids who don't question authority yeah and in doing so i think it's funny that he uses the grunt sound to make fun of kids that stay home and do nothing cuz you know, people make fun of the the grunge kids for doing just that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really fucking good play on what's wrong with music, how we can make it better, and then using the music that you hate to pass forward that message. Like, it was just a... I don't think it's, like, a great song, like, like melody-wise, but I just think it's, like, one of the most well-crafted songs that they've done, for sure, on this album but also kind of like in the albums prior to this and, and after this. I think it, I think they, they spent a lot of time on this one. If we're a song that's like a minute and 20. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but I, yeah. I, I understand what you mean. Like it, it does have that grungy, the grunge style to it. And what I have lyrically on this one is it's, they're kind of criticizing all the suburban kids for following all the rules. But that that's kind of what I get. I feel like it's, it's them just making fun of them, but I do understand your viewpoint on it as well. But there's there's like two senses you could do. There's like a literal sense and a metaphorical sense. Like the, like the literal sense is they are making fun of suburban kids who are just sheep, yeah. right? And going along the line with like the 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 concept of the album and the cover art. But like in a metaphorical sense, he's he's scared. He's scared of of the kids that aren't questioning authority, like the passing of the torch, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we criticize a lot about, especially like in hip hop music and 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 pop music and stuff. There's no one to pass the torch to, and this is one of those things where he doesn't know who's going to step up. He doesn't. I mean, in hindsight, now they're still making fucking music, but <laughs> I know, right? They don't know who they're going to pass the torch to, and grunge has always been kind of like the burnouts, like 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 the hippies kind of 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 the '90s, but yeah, in a more depressing sense and heavier sense too i i think to use grunge music against them was just fucking brilliant yeah no i'd agree with you on that one for sure but but like do you get kind of like a sort of like like tourette's thing going on here in utero a little bit because i think it's because like the the chord progression that's why it's the heaviness the chord progression yeah they're they're pretty similar that and then in this song, it's 
it kind of it starts off the same way because Tourette starts off with like the the feedback and the one note, and then it goes into the main riff, the same the main chord progression, and then it's the same way in this one. It it starts off with a one note, and then it breaks into that that very kind of basic progression right there. So I get it. It totally okay. makes sense. I'm a, I'm a new Nirvana guy, so when I hear something like this, it really stands out to me, and I. I actually no, dove I, into like in utero and I listened to in utero this week also on my vinyls. Oh yeah, because dude, I forgot you have it on the vinyls. Because of this song. Dude, I'd love fucking love in utero. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Oh, it's not bad. I'm not gonna lie. It's not bad. No, it's like amazing. It's not good. Well but it's, it's not a bad. perfect record. It's three out of three. I, I I also actually gave it a three out of three when we I did it. You did. I knew you did. I did. Should we play a little bit of what's the matter? What do you want to do, song? baby? Whatever I you want to do. This really is the heaviest song on the damn album. Yeah, pur- like, purposely so. Also, yeah. I mean, it's not just the the guitar tone and everything like that. It's also the his vocal, his vocals, and what he uh, like the filter that they use or how, or however they record it. It's very like staticky and very. Um, it's very Tourette's. Like that, I mean, that that's a great comparison. Is Tourette's from Nirvana, so I know all Nirvana. Well, debatable. (laughs) (laughs) Here's uh, what's the matter with the kids today from No Effects and Nirvana. What's the matter with the kids today? Very short, no effects song of this record. Great stuff, though. So that was your 3B, correct? Yeah, that's my 3B. Okay. So my my 3B is uh, Hobophobic, first track. Wow. Yeah, the shortest song on the record. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Owen, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know this is not a banger for you, correct? It's just, yeah, it's not. I, I just think it was like a cool way to start out the record and uh, just straight up punk song. Lyrically, it's it's a satirical song about how much he hates bums. But then what he's describing about the bums is, is exactly what punkers are like and what his lifestyle is like. So it's just it was funny. So not much, not not a ton there, but it was just it's just like a fun song to get into this album. And then you jump straight into Filthy Phil and then freedom and man dude this i like like we'd said earlier the first six seven songs are just so different from one another and they just have this their own identities and it just makes for a great record honestly i mean it really does i'm not i'm not complaining at all and i i i have a lot of positive things to say about this record Uh and i'm surprised but it's trash 
<laughs> just kidding. Trash, yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. So then, what, what's your four B? Uh, oh, that's late, late, late. It's whatever Didi wants. Ah, she's gonna get it. Yeah, whatever Didi wants, she's gonna get it. Whatever Didi wants. <laughs> that's so my dumb. Um, that's my eleven B. So this was um. So like when I look, because I looked at my iPod this week too. When I look at my iPod, because I think that there are songs on there, and and they kind of like like refresh my memory on things, mm. like Lesson Jake and stuff. There's stuff on there, and the AFI, the same way. But whatever Diddy wants is an early No Effects song that I heard, and I don't know how. And I think it's because I downloaded an AFI album, and one of the songs on AFI was Whatever Diddy Wants. That's so weird, dude. Like, what was it? Rizzo in the Rizzo in the box. Rizzo in a box. Yeah, Rizzo in the box. Yeah, that was on a, a Lesson Jake album that I downloaded. <laughs> so, this is fucking. This was the nineties. I mean, yeah, this is the. Yeah, you had no like idea what you were downloading. Two thousands. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah, right, you're right. Yeah. So, a lot of these songs that I've heard were because they were on a different album, and then when I realized that the singer is fucking entirely different and. We're going from ska to punk, and you know, that but whatever, like whatever DD wants was one of the first no effects albums that I heard, but I couldn't figure out where I went wrong downloading it because <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know, but it's it's uh, it's it's fun, it's it's iconic for me, and it's the guitars, like the guitars on this one make it for me. The quick little noodling lead parts, mm-hmm. like those little things that, that he's doing, dude, those get me. I love them, I love them. There's ska strokes in here. And they always do like a good job of just driving songs forward off just like a decent riff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like all the riffs are so fine. There's just four chord riffs. My God. But this is also, this is a very subdued song too, because it, most of the song is just a bunch of palm mutes. Yeah. Like there's nothing, there's nothing like overly complicated, like on a few of the other songs and it's not super fast. It's pretty, um, I don't want to say mid tempo, but yeah, it doesn't have the same spunk as some of the other songs, but it's still good. And and yeah, the whatever Didi wants part is just so s- silly. It's it's mean, it, it sounds it sounds like shit too. Like it's not even good. <laughs> <laughs> like just because you can sing at the same time as somebody else doesn't quite mean that you're like harmonizing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> but love. it's it's still good, yeah. I mean, and I understand the nostalgia. Like, if this is early on in your your no effects days, yeah, makes sense. It's catchy. It definitely is catchy because it's so bad and dumb. But I just um, I couldn't figure out what album I downloaded this. I had this on it because I know I did not download this album. It was a different <laughs> by some other band that had this song on it. Probably by a different name too. Probably <laughs> that that's usually how it was downloading music and back in the day or what would happen is like you would download an album and then it would be some asshole like random guy it was his own music you know yeah like you get like a fucking no effects record and the one the last track would be this random ass guy and then then for like and then for like two or three years you think this was a no effects song until your fucking friend told you no i don't know what that is remember remember for the longest time everybody thought that that legend of zelda link song was system of a down yes Remember That's for right. like fucking yes. five, six years. 
What was that? What was that song though? It was just some band that was trying to sound like System of a Down and then oh, put it out as song. System of a Down. You know, I think even System at some point was like, no, who the fuck? I don't know who the fuck this is. I it sounds like us, but it's not us. You're totally right. You're yeah. totally right. The, the kids these days don't even fucking know like how hard it was to download music illegally. Or even, or even like you know, bringing this to like 2007, 2008, or that was like 2007 when uh, the Mars Volta when it was leaked that the that the Mars Volta record came out, but it was this other band called Atlas of ID that sounded identical to the Mars Volta. Do you remember that? No. It was right <laughs> before Bedlam came out. Bedlam and Goliath came out, and this this this. It was like an, a twenty minutes. It was essentially a twenty minute song, and it came out, and everybody thought it was the Mars Volta because it fucking sounds exactly like the Mars Volta. But the what? band was called the Atlas of ID. Yeah, was it good? Were, it was fucking really good. Oh man, that's but sucks. then but then Mars Volta fans just like ripped on him, and then the band broke up. Oh yeah, so they put out this like one song over like it was it was like a twenty minute song, and then they flooded like Mars Volta forums and torrents and stuff in 2007 claiming that they were the Mars Volta. And well, you, yeah, it was, you take a risk, right? You take a you risk. Do, yeah. But you should go listen to it. It's called, it's called the Atlas of ID. It's like, know, I'm really curious. It's like a 20 minute song. <laughs> Dude, you would never know that it was not a Mars Volta song. And then, and then to make it even worse, like, I don't know if it was the band or something, some fan, but at the very end they played like the first, like maybe 10 seconds of wax. Simulcara. So wait, have you pronounced that fucking yeah, song? Yeah, That's fine. Yeah, they 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 just added like the drum part, the beginning drum part of that song at the very end to kind of say like, oh, this is like a demo that leaked or like a song that leaked, oh, like bleeding into the next that, song. Though. That's come on. It's very shady. Very, that, very shady. That's shady right there. Everything yeah. prior to just using the Mars Volta's music, everything prior to that was just the nineties or <laughs> I guess two thousand five. Two thousand yeah. But yeah, go check out Alice of Eighty. But. Uh, back to uh, what were we talking about? Oh, whatever. Whatever DD wants. wants. Yeah. And then like to end the whole song with "Pick it up, pick it up." It's stupid. It's so dumb. I know, right? So the dumb. Last second of two seconds of the song. Yeah. Uh, should we play a little bit of whatever DD wants? No, no, but it's alright. I mean, you got a lot of bees to get through. What are we gonna do? No, I mean we're we're like over halfway through at this point. I, at, at least, yeah. At least play the whatever DD wants part. Okay. All right. So here you go. Whatever DD wants from the No Effectses. Whatever DD wants, she's gonna get it. 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 There's a bit of uh, whatever DD wants. She gonna get it. It's true. It's a great <laughs> song, man. Did, I mean, this is another example of the um, 
those palmy. It's they're so crisp. I don't know what it is about the tone on this record, but it's it's spot on. It really is. Uh, what do, what do you got lyrically on whatever Didi wants? I don't know. I just deleted it all. So that's that's ah, cool. fine. Well, I, I think I I think <laughs> from what I remember, whatever Didi wants was like uh, it was it was him talking about how much he cares about somebody, mm-hmm. in the lengths he's willing to go for them, but the lengths are like a half-assed attempt. And that that's kind of that's what I got too because the 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 choruses say that, and then the the verses are saying it. They're not like they're kind of contradicting contradicting himself, and like. It, yeah, it is half-assing, you know, kind of, he promises her this, but then in the end, it's just like, well, whatever, you know, I don't yeah. care that much, but. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I love you so much, I'd walk one mile for you, type of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, that, that's kind of what I got on this song as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, that okay. was your 5B? 4B, 4B baby, 4B. Your 4B, oh my God. So my 4B, we, uh, we already talked about Bleeding Heart Disease. Bleeding Heart Disease. So then uh, what's, what's your 5B? My 5B is uh, Triple P, Filthy Phil Philanthropist. Okay. So we, we touched upon that. Uh, my 5B, fuck, what is my 5B? Oh, my God. Uh, Probably this is Hot Dog, I would think. Uh, no, What's the Matter with the Kids Today? That's my oh, 5B. Okay. So we, we talked about that one. Got that one going. So what do you got for your 6B? Jesus. Hot dog, hot dog in a hallway. That's my seven B. There we yeah. go. That's now this song, dude, it's quite a song. It's <laughs> it's a funny song. It's funny that it starts off heavy, c- kind of like a big, you know, heavy and thick, like a big girl he's trying to talk about. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's a it's a love song, kind of. <laughs> it is a love song. It is. It really in, is. In in his weird way, that's unique, I guess. But mm-hmm. I I I like. I like how the song goes from clean, happy chord strums to like the overly distorted heavy parts. It's like true. that's that's why I love about this song. It's the it's the that, that doom. It's the I don't want to say a slide, but just like that, you know, like a punk swell. Yeah, the punk. Okay, a punk swell. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I'll call Which it that. Is, is so fun to do when you're actually playing the guitar. It's fucking rad. But it, most of the time, when you hear it like on a record, it sounds kind of stupid. But when you're when you're in the moment, it's it's really fun and cool. Oh, you feel like a rock star. Who cares? You feel like Dave yeah. Navarro out there with his shirt off and stuff. It's cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's there's some pretty funny lines from this one. Um, my favorite yeah. being, "She's my filly, I'm her stud. Mm. She's my bean, I'm her pud." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bother to look up what pud means. I don't want to. Yeah, because I don't want to either. I think it's hilarious. Oh man, she's it's, my um, bean, I'm her pud. I also I like, like she's like a human sleeping bag. Um, <laughs> I, it, dude, I mean, like it, a tic tac to a whale. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Even just the title, "Hot Dog in a Hallway." Hot dog to the head. It's not. <laughs> it's not so much like a like a diss on like bigger women, yeah. because we know that that. Like they don't discriminate. Is that even like the right word? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Like they don't like discriminate. Like he mentions, you know, in in uh, theme from a NoFX album, he mentions that he's obsessed with big lesbians. Like that's my name is Fat Mike. I'm obsessed with big lesbians. I've been a punk rocker for most of my life. Yeah. So like he, they're not like discriminating against. It. It's just an endearing song about what they find attractive in a woman, and it's True. funny. I agree. I agree. And I feel like he's. I mean. 
he's such a he's he's a pretty unique individual. I mean, yeah, we we kind of talk shit on Fat Mike, but he's a pretty unique guy, and he has some some interesting viewpoints and and good viewpoints on on life and and society in general. So it's not like it's not. I I really don't think he's making fun of somebody in this necessarily. It's, it's more. It's, yeah, I don't know. We just live in a in a time now where like anything that's even semi taboo, like we have to explain and like this that's is what, what he right likes. It's fucking irritating. This is what he likes, and it's like who are we to dissect it anyway? And you know, you're right. We do make fun. Of, we make fun of Fat Mike a lot, deservedly so. He's kind of a butthole a lot of the times. <laughs> it can but, be, yeah. But like to be honest, what 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 real like the ace in the hole that he has is during that backstage pass, which I mean obviously it's edited heavily, and they I'm actually sure. complained a lot that it was he- edited heavily by Fuse TV. Yeah. But the one the one like underlying theme that Fat Mike always brought to the table, in spite of all the bad shows they played, the gigs that never happened, the drugs, is he wanted to put on a good show for the fans. And he it's always true, felt man. bad for the kids that bought tickets and didn't get a show. Like one of like the the Asian countries they went to, it, this didn't happen. The show mm-hmm. didn't happen. And then he played guitar in like the middle of a hotel lobby. Yeah, I and played that. like two songs. That was and he so was like, cool. and he was like, I never, I've never done this my fucking life, and I would never do this. But these kids all bought tickets, and I feel bad. Yeah. And like that, that aspect shows that he's not just a punker. Like he is a person. He's a businessman. He understands the concept of. These people paid money to see me. I need to do something for them, mm-hmm. and I yeah. dig that. I do too. And I, I, he did an interview recently on a really bad podcast. <laughs> like the fucking host is terrible, but he has good guests on it. It's fucking. I was like terrible. Joe Rogan. Is that who it is? Uh, but no, <laughs> to way worse. <laughs> I mean, Joe Rogan, he's hit or miss. But this guy, dude, it's it's a terrible podcast. But yeah, like I said, great guests. And Mike was on it. Fat Mike was on it, and. He was just kind of talking about like how he's just he's overly sensitive to the point where he lets things get to him and he 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 kind of like makes up for it by making fun of people a little bit and kind of just being completely honest. But he said like like the stupidest things just like bum him out and just throw him into like this deep depression. And he said it's always been that way. But and it just it made me kind of think a little bit differently about him just the way the way he was talking i mean i didn't really explain it that well but the way he was talking about like how he he feels about what certain people say about him not just online but just in general and just like it's kind of sad like people like are really kind of mean to him for no good reason like especially when he's the one being honest about things but yet everybody attacks him for no good reason well that makes sense well i wouldn't say for no good reason i mean they they thrive on conflict well, yeah, and and too. that's that's why like the band is is kind of like based off of is is conflict in any way shape or form, mm-hmm. and then now it's gotten to the point where Fat Records is synonymous with with if you're signed to like Fat Records, then you are a force to be reckoned with as far as a band is concerned. So now he's in a position of essentially picking and choosing just what band he thinks he can make money off of, and that's that's that that kind of I don't know that kind of goes along the lines of why people think he's a sellout kind of. Because now he has power and he doesn't mm-hmm. sign, you know, thousands of bands, which why should he? Like he's, he has a mortgage too. I don't care. But yeah. to hold that much power similar to like a major label is whoever signs to, to fat records, it has a better chance of making it 
than a band that is not signed to Fat Records. Yeah. So you know, take that for what it's worth, because it's you know, it's it's a real, it's a real catch twenty two because that's his label, and helping one band out is better than helping no bands. True. True. But at the same time, to pretend like you hate major labels so much, but then you're essentially like a major label of the punk community. I don't really, know. I mean, the the only label that's bigger than Fat Wreck is Epitaph, honestly. Yeah. Within within like the punk realm, but yeah, like Fat Wreck is, be- is bigger than Nitro. Like they 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 passed them well, yeah. long well, ago, well, and it's well, Nitro hasn't done anything. They haven't put out anything in years. Like, yeah. yeah I mean, so. w- when it comes to the punk stuff, the the only two labels that are constantly putting stuff out is Epitaph and Fat Wreck, and then like obviously smaller very much smaller labels but death row well yeah death row yeah absolutely <laughs> so. so i don't know it's 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 i i do i do feel bad for always like bashing on them but it's like dude i come on man like he's an asshole a lot of the times he's a fucking yeah, douchebag sometimes, sometimes all yeah. the fucking time and you know, the whole stone brewing thing where he brewed the beer but literally just showed up for one day and poured a couple hops into the mash and and called it a day and left like fuck that and like the whole vegas comments that he made like you're too old to be making dumbass comments like that grow up like you're doing it because you like the bad publicity you think it it helps (laughs) you went a little bit too far yeah he thinks it helps his punk cred and get fuck out of here (laughs) so yeah i do feel bad sometimes but then i remember that it's no effects and they 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 thrive off conflict but then a band like guttermouth does too yeah, but Guttermouth's not on this nearly the same level as No Effects. Uh, yeah, yeah. Popularity wise, I should say. Popularity, yeah, popularity wise, wise, yeah. Record selling wise, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Punk and Drubbik has sold more than all of Guttermouth's albums combined. Oh yeah, I would imagine so. The only album that would come come close would be Covered with Ants. But yeah. Uh, all right. So should we play a little bit of Hot Dog in the Hallway? Yeah. With the with the Chicka Chickas, the very Dead. slow Chicka Chickas. Yes, dramatic chicken chickens. <laughs> yes, there you go, dramatic ones. So here we go. Here we go. Hot dog in a hallway from No Effects. Another piece of 
There you go. Hot dog in a hallway from No Effects. Mm-hmm. Now, that was HR 7Bs? Uh, 6, 7B, yeah. I mean, do we have anything else? Like We've covered... Uh, we've covered just about everything. Like yeah, that's... Maybe like two songs, I, three songs from what it looks like. We didn't, we didn't touch upon Liza, Love Story, The Black and White, and the last song, Drop the World. So four songs. Yeah, Liza and Drop and the Black and White are not bangers for me. The, the Black and White are the ones that I, I thought there was like a kind of a cool sort of metal sound. You know, like, like how, how Me First always does in the beginning mm-hmm. of their song. Not always, but a lot of times they'll do like a, a different thing in the beginning of their song and then go into their normal punk stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the one that I thought was kind of like a cool like punker metal thing and then they went into their normal no effect sound yeah it wasn't you, a banger that dun, 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 dun. it's just the it's almost like a very metallica like ride the lightning metallica yeah into straight up just like punk <laughs> it's, it's what a punker would think metal sounds like yeah no that's no that's spot on right there that's my 9b that's my 9b so but okay. the bridge the bridge in that song though too it it's slow down a bit and it's super groovy i i also will say that smelly this is his best song this is his fucking best song on the album he kills it his yeah. his his drumming not just like fills but how fast he is is faster than anything's ever done in no effects up until this point and he kills it on this song i would have to uh, yeah i think you're right he he does some have some really fucking cool parts on this song uh, should we play a little bit of it? This is my 9B. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. What, what do you, you, know, well, you want to hear? Do you, you want to talk ta- about any more we're songs? We're at the tail end of this thing. So we now are, it's, yeah. you know, we're, 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 we're throwing caution to the wind here. Should we wrap it up then? We can, that, we can wrap. You got anything else to say? I mean, I mean there, there's nothing, nothing super specific unless we talked about any particular song. But I mean, I, I'm pretty much good because there's not a ton written about it. So there's not. Outside of the cover and the music, we we, we tackled all of it. Like we literally tackled yeah. all of this album. True, and there were no music videos, no singles for this record. It's the forgotten No Effects record. That's really it really it, is. it really is. Yeah. So, so then let's give our final thoughts, and then with our final thoughts, we'll also rank the record, or not rank it. We'll rate the record with our world famous rating system, where three is a perfect K-R-A-Q. album. Three is a perfect album. Two is a good album you're going to continue to listen to. One is a bad album, but give it a shot. And Zero is uh, an absolute trash fire. So what do you got, Jeff? Go. This, um, I was late to the party on this one. Very late. And I think because of that, it's just, it's not going to break like my top four. Because my fourth one is going to rotate. But my top three are pretty much solidified, and it's it's hard, like objectively, it's hard to get rid of those three. So, no fault to this one, and and no effects is just a, a a band that has released so many fucking albums, and they're all at least, well, minus one, they're all at least <laughs> good, they're all at least good, and they're fun to listen to, and this band is fun to follow because, again, since like their beginning, they just they will do something to cause controversy. And <laughs> fucking sure as shit, even just like a year ago, year and a half ago, they did. And so it's 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 a fun listen. And this week was a lot. There was a lot to listen to, but it wasn't bad. Like it was it was easy to get through. 
and I had a good time. And this album is this album's killer, and I can't wait till I find it in person. So you because I don't know what I'm gonna. I don't, I don't know how I'm gonna buy it. It's just fucking awkward. Just well, I'm, weird. I'm glad you're gonna buy it though. That's the thing. I'm I'm happy you're gonna buy it. Yeah, this is still in my in my in my top five. This is my fifth one. Yeah, that's good then. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. I'll buy my top six for sure. Like, yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, but given all that, I mean, this is not a perfect. I don't think this is a perfect album. But this is uh, this is something unique in that they've never done anything like this ever before or after. This is. Uh, it's like their experimental record, if you even want to call it like experimental. For them, it's very experimental. This is their experimental record, and I don't know if they purposely went for it and like mm-hmm. missed, or if they tried to do this and achieved this sound. I don't know because there's not a lot written about it. So I don't know, but you know, I give it a, I give it two point two point five. I'll give it two point five. Fuck man, that's I'll I give it two point five. If I if I had ranked all these records, you know all all the record. If I had ranked them how you I, how I thought you would have ranked them, I would have said that you would have given this like a one point five. Oof. Yeah, I I did not expect that. I thought you were there's, gonna hate this because you, you were bitching iconic, so no much about sounds it. On there. I know, but you were bitching so much about it last week. So I just pff, fucking surprised. Well, I again a lot of the a lot of if we just prelimed rank these this would be so low yeah but because like i dove into it i was like oh there's a lot of sounds on here that i thought would never be on here i never thought i would compare no effects to like nirvana in a musical sense like that's fucking crazy and and i did and it happened and so that's there's a lot of things on here that i discovered this week upon careful listening and you know it, it, it rose it rose from the ashes like a phoenix, like a phoenix rising, phoenix ignition. Oh, that's a as good song. It, as, as it were. Great song. Yeah, Great the only band. fucking, well, only two good thrice <laughs> albums, but that's one of them. There's like six. There's, but that's fine. There's two. And, and uh, no, there's two. All right. So you gave this a 2.5. I'm very, very surprised, but happy about it. Very happy. I'm glad you're going to get this on vinyl. Uh, you you'll go through the embarrassment of buying this at a store. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for this. Um, final thoughts for me. I love this record. Like I said, this is the first thing I heard from the band. A lot of nostalgia. A lot of good times. Uh, I love how just how unique it sounds. There's nothing in their discography that sounds anything like this record. And it sucks that it's so forgotten. And there's so little written about it. Not just by the band, but just by fans in general. Like if you just type in Heavy Petting Zoo into Google there's just like normally you can find like a shit ton of Reddit threads and just like, <laughs> you know, here's, you know, what, whatever magazine or whatever website, you know, this, this is what we rank this record. This is why we rank this record. This nothing on this fucking record. It's for, for a band is as kind of popular and iconic as they are to have so lit- little written about a record is so weird to me, but whatever. I love it. I'm glad we did it. I've been wanting to do this record for years, for like many years. I've wanted to do this record on the pod. I'm glad we finally did it, and we ranked all the records. So I'm stoked. I love it. Uh, it's not a perfect record. I will say that it's not perfect, but I'm gonna have to give it a 2.9. Oh so, damn! Yeah, it's 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 almost perfect, but then 
the last two songs they don't kill the record for me but they're just like leave them off the record maybe i don't know they're not Dang, bad songs so, but so no effects has never done a perfect album to you for me no they wow. i mean like Crazy. heavy petting zoo heavy petting zoo is a two point i mean heavy petting zoo and coaster are 2.9s for me they're because tegan and sarah that song does not make that a perfect record Ugh. that's just the way she goes it's the way she goes boys okay all right but yeah 2.9 for me i i i absolutely adore this record though so that's uh that's that's about all i got for for heavy petting zoo for no effects you got anything else or no i i uh i don't okay awesome then uh yeah go to apple Podcasts, go rate review and subscribe to us on there follow us on social media at sma radio thank you all for listening you know reach out to us discord server we have that go check it out and stay tuned for the next episode because next two episodes it should be pretty good because we already know what we're doing so get into Mm. that and uh that's it that's all bye-bye Dude, that's like, I, I, that's dessert. I can't even bro. tell you the last time I did it. I can't even tell you the last time I did Dude, it. I shove my finger so far down my mouth, it's not even funny. So often, it's ridiculous. You, you, you start to gag, right? And also, I really like the way he pronunciates, uh, pronounces, pronunciates. Fucking sound like mm-hmm. an idiot. Pronounces, um, <laughs> fuck, man. Pronounces Birmingham. No, it's not. You're just you. You're trying to be a little punker guy. You're trying to be oh, a, you're so a liberal animation you're so guy. Dumb. You're so dumb. That's what you're trying to that's do. That's dumb. That's dumb. You're so dumb. That's dumb. You're dumb. Just dumb. I would have gotten it, but you kidding me right now? You joke my ass, dude. I don't joke. I don't joke asses. So, uh, so yeah, my, that's my number nine. <laughs> it's but funny. That's a funny song. He says the word jugs song, yeah. too. <laughs> Who says jugs? A fucking twelve-year-old. Yes. But <laughs> Stupid. But I don't know why I hate it. Okay. So, what do you got for number one? Pump up the volume, cause I'm a cook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? That's... <laughs>